once you establish that relationship, they're a whole lot more um, likely to, you know, yeah. buy what you're buy what yeah. you're selling. The equipment that was needed was things that are read, readily available, you know, like roll roll up socks, yeah. toilet paper, um, laundry baskets. Uh, <laughs> toilet paper wasn't necessarily readily available. <laughs> they are so dependent on your um, your enthusiasm, your yeah. what's the word I'm looking for? Your encouragement. You know, if you get 15 um, health and PE teachers K through 12 in a room together, I know they can they can figure it out. My last class of the day, I try to give as much energy yes. as I gave them my first class of the day. Yes, and that's my goal every day. Welcome, physical educators. This is Thinking PE because Fayette is more than just fun and games. I'm Stacy Nelson. And I'm Jamie Seneca. And it's our goal to dig deeper beyond the activities that make your class awesome. So buckle up and join us on this journey. Welcome to another edition of Thinking PE. Stacy, you know what I'm thinking? What are you thinking, Jamie? I'm thinking about all the support teachers might might need, you know, come come the end of July when the Department of Department of Health comes out with their guidance for what what school is going to look like. Yeah, because right now we're just being generously told prepare for everything. <laughs> it's kind of how I interpreted what they're saying. <laughs> so I don't know how that sits with people, but yeah, we don't we don't know. But that's pretty good, uh, uh, pretty good thing you're thinking about because we just happen to have a guest today, um, Mr. Tom Roberts, that is the Men's Shape president. And Minshape has positioned themselves to be one of those fabulous resources that uh, I think a lot of us are really going to lean, lean on. And not only for us in Minnesota with Minshape, but obviously them being associated with Shape America and all of, of the other branches around, uh, around the different states. So I, I, think, I think you're thinking about a really relevant topic right now, Jamie. Yeah, and it, it's, it's going to be on the f forefront here at the end of the month, you know, but a number of number of teachers have, t have taken different approaches, you know, and some per, per the guidance of their own superintendents. You know, some some of us have uh, have been thinking of trying to solve all the all the different scenarios that might come up, and some people are, are rightfully so taking the summer and putting that whole distance learning thing behind them and enjoying their summer. And then, uh, you know, once once this once this this guidance comes down from the Department of Health, then I think it'll all be on our minds. Yeah. So where do you where do you sit on that continuum or uh, online of how, how have you been approaching the since we put out the last podcast on the six feet PE stuff and basically since July hit what what have you been doing Yeah, it's been a while, but you know I I constantly think about it, but just in, just in in, in good just in, with enthusiasm. Okay. Just, uh, with all the cool people that we talk to, it's just it's it's kind of fun just to sit back and. And uh, just kind of think about what, what, what I might try or things I might do, but I haven't put a whole lot of stress in it just because we don't know. Right. So I'm kind of, yeah, holding, kind that, of holding on to that stress. Yeah. I kind of went that path as well. When, when we were told in Minnesota um, about August 1st, we, we should know exactly, you know, maybe not exactly, but we should have a really strong idea of what this is going to look like. Then I can put a little bit more thought into it. But right now, when, when they say, at least in Minnesota, they, were, they told us to prepare for three different scenarios, you know, basically anything, you know, from going back full time to distance learning full time. I'm like, well, I that's just too broad for me. I'm going to take July. 
I'm going to get out in the woods, do some camping and mm -hmm. kind of went that approach. And um, it, it was interesting. Our, our superintendent actually really seemed to encourage us to do that. You know, there's different personalities and she allowed for that, but she really did, did encourage us in a neat email. I was really, I was really impressed that she just said, Hey, let us administrators do the worrying. That's our job right now. You guys get rested up. So when yep. we come back, we're ready to go. And I'm like, you know what? I respect that. I, I really appreciated that. And that's just it. That's what allows us to, to be able to take that pause is because our leadership is doing that. And that includes our state physical education organization, Minshape. Yeah. We're, that's where Tom Roberts comes in as the, as the president of Minshape. And he's going to share with us some of the things that Minshape has been doing and, and uh, you know, the, the direction that they're going and, and, and the, the relationship they have with our Department of Education to be on the, on the forefront of whatever comes out. Yeah. So let's, let's take a listen to Tom. He's going to introduce himself here and then uh, talk a little bit about his distance learning experience that he, he went through. And then he's going to eventually get on and talk about what we call the, the state of PE. So I think this will be an interesting segment from Tom Roberts. My, my name is Tom Roberts. Um, I've been teaching health and PE for about 27 years. Um, I started in the St. Louis Park School District 92-93 uh, school year. Um, got pink slipped. My wife and I moved down to Nashville, Tennessee. I taught elementary FIAD down there in the uh, Metropolitan School District of Nashville for six years. Uh, and we moved back here, the, actually the school, to the same school that I was at because the, the other FIAD teacher that I worked with was retiring. So I ended up taking, ended up being good timing. I ended up uh, getting back with my same school district that I started with. Um, and I'm also president-elect of uh, MinShape. Um, very excited for that opportunity and excited to be, you know, three-year commitment as president-elect, president, and then past president. And really enjoy being a part of the board and the uh, excitement and the energy that, and the collaboration between the uh, HPE professionals there, I, I really consider to be professionally stimulating for me. And um, I really enjoy being a part of the board. Can I ask you how that journey started to get to get on the board and, uh, and, and then become the president? Yeah, um, I started as the, uh, when we still did um, Jump Rope for Heart, uh, there was still a, uh, that was a division on the board was the Jump Rope for Heart slash Hoops for Heart. So that's kind of, I had been doing a Jump Rope for Heart event for probably over 20 years. <laughs> started down in Nashville and got to know the people at AHA and my reps through them uh, quite a bit. And um, actually I won uh, or was awarded a grant from MinShape, the Jump Rope for Heart grant. So I went to the awards ceremony and I ended up talking to the, the then um, Jump Rope for Heart coordinator at that time who said she no longer wanted to do it. And I said, hey, I'd, I'd be interested. So I just wow. talked to Nancy Christensen, who's our, still our executive director. And one thing led to another. And I got on the board as the Jump Rope for Heart um, coordinator. Okay. Then, um, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the breakup between 
um, the American Heart Association and Shape America. Mm -hmm. A couple of years ago, um, there was uh, kind of a, a messy divorce, shall we say, between they couldn't come to an agreement on a new contract. Yeah. So Shape America and uh, the American Heart Association jointly owned the, um, shall we say, the rights to the logo of Jump Rope for Heart. So now um, Shape America now has us uh, or is promoting and last year was the first pilot year and my school did it this this past year in its first year uh it's called health moves minds yep. and it's it, they don't want to say that it, it's replaced jump rope for heart but it's um it has a bigger uh, a huge socio-emotional aspect to it um there's tons of of lessons that are uh grade specific and standards, national standards based as far as giving your students strategies on how to deal with the social emotional issues that may come up uh, in their lives. So, so basically now I'm the, the uh, health moves mind state coordinator for okay. Minshape. And uh, then I ran for president last year and was elected president at the last fall conference. Nice. So that brings me to where I'm at today. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> so, you know, before you run a marathon or before you do any kind, any kind of, you know, physical activity, you got to get that body warmed up. We got to get the mind warm, warmed up. We're about to dive into this thing called social distancing and FIAD, and it's just going to blow our, rack our brains. So we got to loosen up our brains right. with some tough, tough questions here. And the first one, tell okay. us your, your, your funniest moment as a, as a teacher. Funniest moment. Well, uh, there's several, but one that came to my mind was when I taught down in Nashville, I actually had um, a pre-K class. And it was the beginning of the year, and the one school that I was at in Nashville, they didn't have a gym, so we had to go outside all the time. And it was one of the first days that I was um, taking this pre-K class outside to the playground or to the, you know, the field where we did our outdoor stuff. And I, I got out of the door and I started heading out of the building. I turned my back to him for about three <laughs> seconds. I turned around and nobody was behind me. <laughs> they were all afraid of me. They were all still in the building. <laughs> so oh. I, that, that's kind of a funny one um, that always sticks oh. in my mind. That's how a lot of funny stories start with, I was teaching kindergarten or I was pre teaching pre-K and you just know it's going to be one of those funny stories. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> so how about, how about what, uh, what we've coined the term, um, I'll never do that again. You're something you've learned the hard way, personally or professionally that became a moment of, you know what, I'll never do that again. Um, I mean, as a student or as a, a, a physical education teacher? Either sure. pers personal or professional. Um, the, the one thing that I guess sticks out in my mind is my first year at this school here before we moved down to Tennessee, um, I was in, in the gym and I was, I was using those, you know, those hard plastic hockey sticks. They're, they're, Back in the day, they were uh, yellow and red, I, I believe. But anyway, my principal walks in at the time. And he says, oh, what are you, I see you're doing some hockey here. And I said, yeah, yeah, we're playing some hockey. 
And he's like, well, you know, those sticks are illegal now. <laughs> we're, not, we're not supposed to be using them at all. So I think, good tip. I guess I won't do that anymore. <laughs> well, it's like you got your lesson on etch and sketch and just shake it up right there. We're, we're done with that lesson. Yeah. Coincidentally, he was the one who pink slipped me. So I, uh, now I use the, uh, the foam ones from Gopher that have the plastic, but they have the foam on the end. Okay. Yep. <laughs> The ones that are really no fun at all. Oops, I didn't say that yeah, at no all. Right. Hockey <laughs> guys would say that, yes. In my school, we, we watch Slapshot for as a safety video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Back to the Hanson brothers here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So let's dive into this thing we call distance learning. And if you could just share with us, just your, you know, we're on, we're on the tail end. It's actually, this is actually my last day of school, or the student's last day of school, I should say. So we're wrapping up this distance learning, and we've learned a lot. Maybe take us through a little bit of that journey on what, what you did with your students uh, as far as their distance learning experience goes. Yeah, we actually took a, um, a, a little different format and we went at it as a district. We have, as an elementary PE district, we have four elementary schools in our district and we have five teachers. Um, one rotates to two buildings. And one of our, one of the five said, why don't we, um, instead of putting out lessons per building, let's put out elementary PE lessons for the whole district. Um, and his name is Freddie Boyle. And he, and I thought it was actually quite um, a, a really good idea because for several reasons. Number one, um, it allowed, we didn't have the pressure of having to, you know, come up with lessons for ourselves, for our own school, you know, for however many, you know, we were supposed to do it two times a week, but um, it took some of the pressure off of having to produce so many number of lessons. Um, and the other good thing about it was, so I could have students from one of our other uh, elementary schools in our district learn who I am and vice versa. One of the other PE teachers at the other schools, um, they could then our students could then learn who they were um and we all kind of fed off each other's strengths in um in how we teach and our teaching styles and produce lessons in google slide formats that where we we'd put them all on our shared drive and then we would make a copy of that and then personalize it to our own school okay so you know with, with that whether it be a verbal message or whatever to our own students yeah. But it was actually the district lesson that was going to our, to our, our own school. Yeah. So did you collaborate on those or did you take yeah. one week, somebody else took the next week, somebody else took the next week or how, how did you? Uh, we, we collaborated on how it was going to look, but then we, we basically said we put them in numbers, you know, so um, say I was responsible for lessons number five and 10 or whatever uh and then the other teachers had their other numbers so we just made sure that whoever was responsible and, and then we connected those to the dates yep. where we were supposed to um, put those lessons out so we okay. our district wanted us to only do two lessons per week so we yep. posted every time on mondays and wednesdays nice so whoever was responsible for that lesson they would just make sure that they had that in our shared drive you know the day before or yep. that night of 
where we could, each of us could then pull it from that shared drive, make a copy, and then we would post it at our school. Nice. It worked out really well. We got, you know, shout outs from our district administration, from other uh, subject areas for how we did it. So, yeah, we were, we were pretty happy with the way it turned out. Nice. Did you have like an overall block schedule? Like uh, you work together on, okay, lesson one, two, and three are going to be this, then let's move into this, um, maybe standard number two, or how did, right. how did you kind of come up with your block schedule idea? What was it? Yeah, not really, not really blocks, but what we did was, um, number one, we, we made um, socio-emotional learning. We made each lesson have, at the end, we made sure that it had an SEL component. Okay. So whether that be through um, the Health Moves Minds Mindful Minute and the, the, the resources that Shape America provides us, um, or we also, we collaborated with our, our school district's elementary socio-emotional team, and they, they actually uh, produced like six lessons okay. that we, we put in there at the end of each lesson too. So nice. um, yeah, it was probably more, I think most people would probably say that it, standards wise, it was more based towards, you know, the fitness standards and, and you know, physical activity, motor skills based. Um, and we were trying to make sure that we were using things that, you know, we, we were trying to make sure that it was equitable and we were, we were the equipment that was needed was things that are read, readily available, you know, like roll, roll up socks, yeah. toilet paper, um laundry baskets uh, <laughs> toilet paper wasn't necessarily readily available that's true <laughs> yeah right well yeah so um just well you know household items yep um there you know we were doing pillow jump challenges and you know things things like that and which so it was important to us that we focused on the edi x x aspect of of our lessons and, and we were making them as equitable and um, user friendly as we could. So yeah. everybody, every one of our students could hopefully do it and enjoy it. What did you do for the students that didn't have internet access and that kind of thing? Did you just send paper copy of those lessons home or? Um, we didn't go as far as to send paper copies, but I know that, uh, each one of our school, elementary schools, uh, media specialists were, I mean, just tremendous. They were going out to homes and, and getting them connected in any way they could. And um, as far as, you know, whether they were connecting through their parents' iPhone or um, anything, yeah. uh, that's how we kind of made sure that people were hopefully uh, yeah. being connected. Our media specialists made, I don't know how many home visits, mm -hmm. you know, to our families. Um, and we're, we're a pretty, um, we're a pretty diverse school here at Aquila in St. Louis Park here. So we have to be very, um, you know, we have a very tight knit community as far as helping each other out in, in, in getting our families the, the resources that they need to, to actually be able to, you know, be successful academically. Yeah. Yeah. Those, those technology people and media they they need a special shout out at the end of this they they in our district too they really did a good job of 
at least the parents that asked for it and wanted it, they, they got it. And I'm sure that's true of a lot of districts that those guys worked overtime. Yeah, I agree 100%. Great shout outs to them yeah. because they were, you know, getting calls at all hours of the night. And yeah, they went well above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, so one of the big challenges that, that we had and that we found even personally was, was uh, building and, and just maintaining relationships with the students. You know, that one-on-one -on -one interaction and even, even creating opportunities for the students to interact with each other. I was wondering if you, if you had any, uh, any success with that. Well, let me start off by saying you haven't lived unless you've uh, attended or participated in a kindergarten Zoom call. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> well said. Um, but anyway, I did two of them last Friday and they were just hilarious. Yes. Um, but we, I know what I tried to do is, and I preach this all the time, even when we're in school, um, you know, make connections, establish relationships with your students. Is once you establish that relationship, they're a whole lot more um, likely to, you know, yeah. buy what you're, buy what yeah. you're selling. So drink, yep, drink that Kool Aid. Um, that's right. So anyway, what I tried to do is we had two platforms. We had Seesaw and we had Google Classroom. Mm -hmm. We had Seesaw through for our K through two students, and we had Google Classroom for our three through five students. So uh, Seesaw would would tell you every assignment that you posted. It would show you um how many students had done it and whether they wanted a response yep. so i made sure that every day sometimes it was at you know six seven o'clock at night i made sure i went through and responded to every student that had responded to me yep. either through a video a a picture of them being active or a little message saying you know i did i did the exercise today i loved it whatever you know just to say you know great job way to stay active um, stay happy and healthy, you know. Yes. Um, and I think that was one way you could still, it was, it was one way you could still stay connected with your mm -hmm. students. Um, the other way was, and a lot of teachers are doing that, not just by ed teachers, um, a lot of our, you know, like our music teacher, you know, going and participating in those different classroom Zoom calls where you can, where you can see the students and they can see you and you can yeah. see the facial expressions and, uh, that was another way to, to stay connected with them because um, I think it was so important because the, the students were missing that, mm -hmm. you know, socio-emotional part of not being able to see their friends, not being able to see their teachers. Um, and also I want to piggyback on what, um, what my fellow board member, um, Joe McCarthy, so eloquently pointed out in one of your pre previous podcasts was, I did also get more feedback from the, from the personal inter, or, uh, uh, videos that I put out yes. myself. Um, and, I, and I'm not going to say that I did that every day. I didn't right. always post my own videos, yeah. but I think it was important if you didn't post your own video that you at least put a, some voice instructions yep. or, you know, something, especially for K through two, because, and I think Joe had mentioned this also, but, you know, if they can't read the directions, they're not going to do the assignment. Yeah. So I made sure that even if I wasn't posting my own video, if I was posting, say, something from Open or Shape, um, I made sure and I, I 
included the verbal instructions and you know as far as like what equipment you're going to need from this um where you can do this safely um things like that especially for our k through students or k through two students who yeah. wouldn't be able to read the directions yeah no that i'm glad you brought that up again because the joe's point was well taken mm -hmm. back then too but i think that's that's good that you brought that up again that's that's solid yeah i saw many more responses for i would say probably 50 to 75 percent i got responses from the videos that i put out myself as opposed to maybe 25 to 50 percent of the ones that i put out from another yep. source yeah yeah, and that's not saying you can't use those other sources, like you said, because why why reinvent the wheel? I get that, but you do have to you you do have to keep that contact in with the students to to keep them engaged in this is still your classroom, and a lot of what they do is because the relationship with their teacher. It's it's just, I mean, that's the good and bad of it, and I, I guess I'd say mostly good. It's good. Uh, especially you know, and being an elementary fired teacher for. 27 years now I mean especially the primary age kids they are so dependent on your um, your enthusiasm your yeah. what's the word I'm looking for your encouragement for them to you know they'll run through walls for you yeah. yep well Stacy the three C's came up content connection creativity specifically the connections relationships 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 i know it it's it's kind of a, a crazy deal that no matter who we talk to if they're quality pe educator it seems like that relationship is strong and not just that they do it but they emphasize it yep it's it's, it's knowing your students not just and not just maybe not just knowing their names but knowing you know knowing their interests knowing their frustrations knowing you know being being proactive versus reactive in their social needs. Yeah. In those pieces he talked about, about personalizing lessons, I mean, they, they, he just knew the importance of, yeah, I can put up somebody else's video or, or sharing the workload. That is all really smart because uh, of the whole situation. But he knew he had to personalize it. He knew yeah. he had to do something to make it, to make that connection. And he just had that innate sense, which it seems like um, everybody we talked to has that that same feeling that that's the way to do it. You got to get that connection. Yeah, they have to they have to see your face. They have to hear your voice. They they have to they have to know that you care. Yeah, and that it ties right into that social emotional learning. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because I that was one of the things I, I know you you know this kind of been a thing for me. I feel like this is coming up in education in general. I feel like it's going to be a big push in PE and. Um, I like what he said. He talks about that mindful minute piece. And I, I was just doing some introductory training this summer on my own, just kind of reading and, and taking an online course. And it's, it's amazing how that relationship piece sneaks its way into even that, you know, you, you can't teach SEL by bullet points and by uh, lectures. SEL, trying to teach kids about their social and emotional selves you have to work yourself into their lives and build that trust for them to really get what you're trying to um, have them do and teach them how to handle themselves emotionally. It, it just, it's just a natural piece of that. And so I, I was glad he mentioned that whole idea of what 
um, he was doing and how he viewed the Mindful Minute and SEL. You know, and, and he said it, once you, once you earn their trust, I mean, they'll run through a wall for you. And, and that's... Oh, that was his last statement, yeah. yeah that, that was his very last statement there. You know, they'll, 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 run through, they'll, they'll run through a wall for you. And that's that, that's that relationship. Yeah, and that, that triggered for me just that idea. Uh, he was kind of leaning on the idea of energy that you bring to your classroom. And if you bring this, kids feed off of that. If you just kind of sit back, that there's not as much energy in the room. If you bring that positive energy, that growth mindset, that type of thing to the classroom, you're going to find that kids are high energy and they're really excited about learning and, and they're excited about all your games. Um, I just was picturing myself this coming fall going, I wonder how that's going to feel if I'm super worried about being a stickler on rules and that kind of thing on the six feet rules. And then I come down hard on a kid because, Oh, he stepped into somebody else's box and was within six feet. And I, I, I'm worried that if I'm more worried about that than I am relationships and building grace with the kids, they're going to get this feeling that they can't make a mistake. And they might, that it might completely change the atmosphere in my classroom. If I'm, if I'm not careful. Definitely. Definitely. And, you know, we asked Tom about the, the hashtag six feet PE and, you know, yep. we, we interviewed him a while ago, so this was in the beginning when this idea was first coming out. So we, you know, we got his, we got the initial reaction of what, what six feet PE might look like. You know, practicing social distancing while teaching physical education. So let's go ahead and hear Tom's, Tom's initial response to six feet PE. We were just thinking about this next phase, just for people, depending on when they actually listen to this, they might not understand. We're ending our, uh, the. 2020 school year we just did distance learning and now most of us are looking ahead to the fall going what in the world <laughs> is it going to look like not what are we going to do because we don't know even if we're going to have a gym we don't know if we have a gym if we're going to be able to do our regular activities or kids wash equipment or maintain distancing and so we're kind of wrestling with that the unknown but trying to be prepared at the same time. So as you were kind of talking about those things um, at, at the end with these primary students being, they rely on us for this engagement. At least maybe we can get that part back, you know, cause we, we might be at least in the same room. We might have to be six feet away and they might have to be six feet away, but at least we can get that piece back. Kind of transitioning into that discussion though. Have you put any thought into if what it might look like what activities you might do um, and how you might just approach this, what we're calling hashtag six feet PE. Right. Well, you know, it's, it's obviously going to look a little different. I know uh, for me personally, it's going to be really hard because uh, we have kind of a unique uh, format here in the way we do our, our um, elementary PE in St. Louis park. We have double classes and we see them every day. So, that means you're going to have in an elementary school size gym, we have, you know, 50 kids. And so, you know, I don't know if, are we going to need to do more, you know, stations where you have no more than, I don't know, six, six kids at a station. I don't know. Um, I know that, um, 
obviously weather if weather is good you can and weather permits you can obviously be outside but as we all know in minnesota that accounts for about 25 percent of the <laughs> school right. year probably so <laughs> i don't us. know if that means you know rotating kids into the gym during different times um but once again when you're saddled by nine classes a day half hour each you know you run out of time if you're going to be splitting them into groups. Um, so that part I'm still a little fuzzy on. And what I don't want to lose is, is the cooperative part of what we do um, and what most people do in their FIAD curriculum is, you know, a lot of your activities rely on cooperation, teamwork, um, yeah. empathy, things like that. And I'm trying to wrap my head around what that would look like and how you could still have those be a part of your curriculum, but still be, you know, social distancing and, and being socially responsible. Um, that's what I think is going to be the challenge, um, both locally here and nationally. Um, I know uh, Shape America is in current discussions with the CDC on, you know, what their, um, what it might look like in the fall and what, what they should be telling the HPE teachers throughout the nation. Um, giving them some ideas and, and what kind of resources they're they're going to come up with to to hopefully give you know us some ideas of what that might look like yeah you know what i was going to say is i think it's a similar approach to distance learning and it's it's the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset and to me that's what made successful experiences in distance learning is we had no idea how to start we had nowhere to start but there was there was the growth mindset of we'll, we'll try some things and we'll and we'll grow and we'll grow from there, and I think it's going to be the same thing in the six PPE and you know practice social distancing with, with physical education is we have no idea what that's going to look like right now, but you know how do we play a tag game? Well, rather than come up with fifty ways that it can't be done, let's brainstorm one or two ideas of ways that it can be done. And some yep. things that have come up was just building routines and and maybe practice tasks to start with. Right, definitely, and I know. Uh as a Minshape state organization, we're going to be looking at this summer and looking at just what it's going to look like and coming up with some, um, some ideas to, to give our, our uh, HPE teachers in the state of Minnesota some ideas and some resources so they can look to, I know, if, you know, if you get 15 um, health and PE teachers K through 12 in a room together, I know they can, they can figure it out. <laughs> I like your idea even about even about a lot a lot of uh, a lot of station work where you have small groups of kids in, in right. smaller areas and, and it just cleaning the equipment after after each station it just becomes part of the routine right and so, I think that's what we're gonna have to look at um, I don't know if that's gonna end up meaning that you can't expect to get you know as many objectives out of your lessons because mm -hmm. you're gonna be spending a little bit more sure. time with the uh, the sanitary part I think that's you might have to lower your expectations a little bit as far as how many objectives right. you want them to meet for the day. Yeah. So do you think you'll approach it kind of from a standards based mindset where you kind of look at going, okay, in the past I've taught standard one, I can't remember what it is, one, two, where it's locomotive, um, locomotor skills. I want to, I want to do that again. How can I, you know, kind of like the growth mindset. How can I teach locomotor? And here's the restrictions. It's going to look different. 
Is that kind of the approach you'll use or will it be more of an activity base where you're kind of looking for, all right, here's the activities that seem to work. What standards does this kind of, a, uh, does this hit? Do, do you have an idea of how you'll kind of think about it in your brain? Um, and not that it has to be limited to those two directions. Right, There's right. a thousand ways you can think about it. Yeah, I think you need to look at it more so from uh, the activity side of it, and because a lot of times you 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 take your activity and then you kind of figure out you know what standard that meets, and then you kind of go from there. Um, I I know that you, you obviously as if you're going to be a uh, a, a health and PE teacher that's staying true to their profession and following all the guidelines and, and best practices. I think you should look at each standard to make sure you're, you're, you're covering each standard and, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, exposing your students to every standard. Um, but like you said, I think you also need to look at, you know, in the activities that you do expose your students to, um, you know, what, what standard does that, that hit? And, and now how am I going to, how am I still going to meet that standard, but meet it in a, social, in a yeah. socially responsible way? I think that's, that's the challenge. And, and, and I don't, I don't even know if that's going to be possible, but right. um, maybe we have to lower our expectations in, in that regard. But uh, like I said, I, I still firmly believe that if you get a bunch of, you know, highly educated physical education minds, we can figure it That's out. That's awesome. We can do it. Yeah, we can. And, and we will. That's what we always do. You, you get your gym taken away. <laughs> because I don't know well, if that happens with you ever. Yeah, but. well, you can, exactly. That's a good, um, that's a good way to um, kind of equate what the situation yeah. we're looking at. We're, a lot of times as elementary FIED teachers, we are asked to recreate on the fly when we come yeah. in mm -hmm. that morning and they tell you you don't have a gym, so. Yeah. It's exactly it. You just, you'll make it work. You'll, we'll figure it out. And to be exactly. fair to yourself, we might need to lower our expectations. Just say, okay, at first, we're just going to do something to get by. You know, we'll right. do some of these easy things where maybe we have a screen and we have kids just following for a little bit. Give us a couple weeks to figure out some other things. But by golly, we're going we're gonna to get back to where PE is the favorite part of every kid's day again. We're, we're going to get back to that. <laughs> oh, it still is. What do you mean? Well, I, I don't know if it will be if we have to just stand in front oh, of a screen all day. You know what I mean? It's yeah, right. Um, and even with the distance learning, it was it was tough to get kids engaged. We, you know, I don't know what your percentages were, but mine were about fifty percent. And the kids that did it loved it, but um, I only reached about half of my population, and I tried everything I could. But I think when I get them, we're going to have a ball together. We're going to figure. Well, Stacy, one thing that Tom really wanted to maintain or thought that was very important, you know, was obviously the relationships, but also making sure that that cooperation was part of the curriculum and even in a social distancing environment. So, you know, that, that's definitely going to be an important piece. Yeah, and it's kind of an interesting deal that a lot of people think you can't have that if you're going to, how do you, how do you cooperate from six feet away? I mean, I guess all being in the same room and, just staying six feet away is cooperation. Well, yeah, but you think, I, I look back at my cooperative games and my cooperative games inherently have kids 
in very close proximity helping each other. Absolutely. But that does bring us back to our podcast we did called Six Feet PE, where we met on Thursday nights all through June. Um, and we did kind of what uh, Tom was saying here is we got 10, 12, 15 PE teachers in a virtual room and we came up with some solutions. Do, you, do any of those pop into your head about how we can still do cooperation? Uh, you know, the, the big one that I, that I got from, from Mark Ricketts was, uh, was, was mirroring. You know, one student does one thing and the other student has to, has to, has to copycat that. And I thought that was, a, that was an interesting, you know, student leadership, providing an opportunity for student leadership as well. Yeah. I mean, you can do that from six feet or 16 feet if you had to, you know, yeah. just have, have students, have students just kind of copy each other and coach each other, that, that type of a thing. Um, along with that, I guess you could do one person leads a group. If you, you know, have different stations, if you needed to even. Um, trying to think if there was some others off the top of my head that, that come. Um, that, the group was really good. If, if you're listening now and you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to some of the other past podcasts that were called Hashtag Six Feet PE. We met on Thursday nights in, in June, and people, um, PE teachers from not only around the country, but all around the world got gathered together to answer some of these questions and say, hey, how, how can we still get kids to cooperate? How can we still get kids to, to do these things, even if we're handcuffed? And so I think it was really, really good uh, ideas in those podcasts. You know, and what, whatever the fall looks like, you know, assuming that we're back in school, and it's not a distance learning, but whether it's social distancing or all kinds of restrictions, we'll be back with the kids to engage with the kids. And I think that that's an important part to, to reflect on and, and just, you know, they, they can see our excitement. They can see our encouragement. And we're just, we're just, we're back with the kids to engage with them. Yeah. I think that's a huge step forward. Um, I'm hoping we're not hit a real negative spin here in the next couple of weeks and go back to total distance learning. I don't think that's going to happen, but I think it's a real step forward. Even if we have to stay six feet apart and limitations, it's just to be in the same room and um, to kind of go along with that. I think it's really going to be important how we set the stage doing um, those types of activities. Um, you and I were talked about this a little bit earlier where if we're, in there and super really focused on the rules. Hey, you stepped in that person's space. You can't do that. You, know, oh, you gotta no. keep your mask on. You gotta do it. That energy is gonna come across those kids and they're gonna be afraid to make mistakes and they're gonna be, it's just gonna create a whole different atmosphere and you might find you're, you might find you're having all sorts of difficulty maintaining games and you might have behavior problems. I don't know. Any thoughts on, on I that? Think you're, I think you're spot on. If you're stressed out, the kids are going to pick up on that. And they're, they're going to feed off that stress in a, in a negative way. And it's, it was just like, go back to your regular class that, that back when it was, you know, quote unquote normal last year. And if students are making mistakes in your class, how did you address those mistakes? And if you address those mistakes in a confrontational way, you lose those relationships. Yeah. You lose that trust. And same thing when we when our when our social distancing guidelines are in place. I don't even want to call them rules as much as I want to call them guidelines to take that 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 negative connotation away from it. You know, yes. so if the six feet guidelines are in place and and students are making mistakes, if if you address that in a negative way, again, you're creating a horrible experience instead yeah. of a learning opportunity. And I think that can overflow into 
the games. We talked about SEL. Um, we're, we're trying to teach kids how to handle their emotions and their stress positively. Um, if we're not doing that positively <laughs> ourselves, that's going to wear off. Like you said, the, the kids are going to reflect that right back to us. So much for leadership by example. Yeah. If you're active, exactly. I mean, if you're uptight and crazy. Yeah. And, and it will be interesting because everybody has their own personalities. Everybody has, has their own stress level about the rules. And I mean, some, some teachers are on one end of the spectrum where they're really literally scared for their lives to go back to school. And, you know, if, if you're 62 years old and, you know, your health is compromised, I can see where you should be, you know? So no everybody's going to be coming from different standpoints and we all have to have grace for each other in that. And the kids will come with varying degrees as well. Some kids won't have thought about it at all. And others maybe come from a household where it's it's a big deal for various reasons. And we have to we have to be able to kind of like you you kind of talked about it creatively and with grace help students along in some way. I think there's just a lot of thought that needs to go through um, in how how we're going to implement and how you're going to confront. When just like happen. Tom said, you get 15 of us in a room and we'll figure it out. I think we will. I think we will. But I think it's going to. Take some thought. I don't think you want to get surprised by it and, and, and just react. I think we want to think through it ahead of time. So as the Midshape president, we, you know, we, kind of, we asked him what we call you know, the state of physical education. You know, what, what's, what's the future of physical education? What, uh, what maybe, maybe what are some of the ramifications from our distance learning experience and what's on the forefront? And you know, we, got, we got a chance to, to tap into the thinking mind of the president of Midshape. I had an eighth grader and two sixth graders, uh, twins. Okay. Yeah. So how did that look different at a junior high level than what the average elementary looked like? Yeah, well, I think, and this could be a lot of, because obviously in middle school, you don't need as, as much, you know, actually helping with and, and, and actually the parent being there. But, um, and I'm a, that we had a, a large range of as far as teachers in the state as far as how uh, the, the the kinds of lessons that were put out per district I think varied greatly from what I'm hearing throughout the state mm -hmm. um, I know I, you know I would see I saw a friend of mine who um, also lives in Rogers with me and she teaches uh, up in the northwest suburbs and she right when this started and, and she said to me she's like well what how are you what are you doing what are you posting are you just posting the open stuff like i am and i said no i'm not i'm posting yeah. some of their stuff but i'm also yeah. posting some of my own stuff also um so i think there was a, a real wide range of um distance learning uh, FIED lesson variables and, yeah. and, and, and how, uh, how in-depth those lessons were and how uh, standards-based they were. I, yeah. I think it was a huge gap and a huge range of, uh, yeah. of how things were, were posted and presented to our students. Okay, yeah, I would, I would agree from the many conversations we've had, you're right on. There's, and Jamie mentioned Which, it in the last podcast that 
We're on display here. You want to you yeah. kind of just feed into that? Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, you said actually, it better than I would. That, that was, that was going to lead us right into that, that, you know, kind of not to take the next step of this is talk about this current state of physical education, where we're at, where MinShape is at. And, and we are literally on full display right now. And we like to say that we're, you know, our curriculum is in a glass house right now. Everybody can see it. And for many of us, that's really good. But for some of us, that might be really bad. And we've kind of been caught you know, thinking about it is what are some of the unseen ramifications of the distance learning that we may have set ourselves up for failure? When I think of this, to me, it's, um, it's no different than if we were in, still in session and there was, had never been, uh, you know, a national pandemic. I mean, you're, all, you're always going to have um, IAD professionals that bust their tail yep. and, you know, are making connections, are establishing relationships, are hitting every standard, are, you know, just dynamic. And you're, you're going to have some people that may not be as, as, um, as energetic, maybe for whatever reason. And I'm, I'm not claiming to be, you know, the best FIAD teacher in the world. Right. But I do know I try, I try to, to, to give this, my, my last class of the day, I try to give as much energy yes. as I gave them my first class of the day. Yes. And that's my goal every day. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think we're, we're kind of referring to is that when they're in your gym, often nobody knows. And for that part, a lot of people don't care. If the kids are having a good time and they're safe, it's not a big deal. The kid goes home, said, I did, we played this game, tag game in PE, and it's all great. But now when it's at home, it's on display and you can tell how much effort a teacher puts in. You can tell if the teacher just kicks up his feet and watches kids play and rolls a ball out. You know, that's, the, that's the difference is there's a potential here that we're on display. And right now during, during the pandemic, people have a lot of grace, but a year from now, if let's say teachers are asking for a raise and right. a bunch of these people said, wait a second, I lost my job during that time. You at least got to work during that time and you got paid your full salary. And all you did is just reposted something somebody else put together for you just to keep my kids busy. Actually, I had to teach my kids. You weren't, you know, I, you could just see it snowball. Yeah. And are, are we, are we headed for some things that are, you know, hard to, hard to forecast, I know, and maybe we're just overthinking it, but is it something we really do need to think about and make sure we're doing, as many of us as possible are doing, like you said, teaching hard to that second, that last class as you did to that no, first No, I, I think you're exactly right, uh, Stacy, because I, you know, it, we're, we're, like you say, we're at a crossroads for our profession right now because of the fact that, yes, we are on display, um, and, if, and if we want our, um, our profession to be valued uh, by our administrators, yeah. um, by our classroom teachers, we need to be stepping up and we need to be uh, coming up with purposeful, meaningful, yes. standards-based lessons. Uh, a wide range of experiences throughout the state. Which <laughs> of those experiences were your, your students on, Stacy? Oh, well, I, I know where I hope they were, because uh, I worked my tail off <laughs> putting into 
some overtime to get things up and rolling, but I had so much fun. I, I couldn't call half of it work, even though I was putting in, you know, 14 to 16 hour days. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I'm hoping the kids had a good experience, but if I'm honest, I didn't reach all my students. So there was a wide variety within my school of PE experiences, if I'm really honest. And that's, I think that's, that's true all around. That's, that's the same here. I, you know, we reached probably, I would say we reached 50% of our students, but that means we didn't reach the other 50%. That's right. And that's, that is a, that is a harsh reality. Yep. Yep. But as far as what we were talking about in that last segment, the glass house and, you know, Tom mentioned that it's kind of the same anywhere. If you go around the state, there's some really good PE teachers and there's some that are really not so good. Um, the difference is we were in that glass house you mentioned that now we were on display and um, I, I'm hoping that was a very positive thing in general across the state and not a negative one. I, th I think as far as education goes, I think it was very positive in general. I think a lot of teachers or a lot of parents realize, oh my gosh, these teachers, <laughs> how do they do this with a classroom full? I got two kids at home and I'm hardly able to do this. So I think, I think I heard a lot of that as far as in general being a very positive thing, but there's, there's a few places where I heard some rumblings from parents about, oh my goodness, these, these teachers got paid for doing that. And so I don't know, interesting situation. Yeah, no doubt. You know, and it, it realistically though, it shouldn't matter that we're in a glass house and, and you, you kind of had said this before that as, as professionals, you should be setting a standard whether somebody's watching or somebody's not specifically when somebody's not watching. Yeah. I, th I think that's really important to our profession. If we want to call ourselves profession, if we want to have a PE profession, I think then it doesn't matter where we're, uh, where you're put. And that goes, we just had a discussion off air earlier about the, the idea of some teachers, PE teachers might be pulled out of their gym completely and not even asked to teach PE. You might even be asked to take a group of students and team with another team teacher um, and, and do some crazy stuff. There's all sorts of ideas out there. And if you're a professional, you'll step up to the plate and you're gonna be a professional there and you're gonna do a fabulous job of teaching English and reading and math. And you might even then add in the movement part and educate the the classroom teachers on how they can get more movement in the in the classroom and it will be a positive experience overall for the whole school because you're a professional. Well, yeah, and, and first and foremost, it requires a growth mindset. I so like that. When you're given that when you're given that task or given that that duty, and you approach it with that growth. Okay, this is what I'm doing. How 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 am I going to do? My, like Tom said, how can I give the most energy to the first class as I give to the last class? Yeah. And you you said it. You know, so we've been trying to incorporate math and reading into our physical education. So now let's, let's, let's turn that around. How can we add movement into teaching math and reading? You know, Absolutely. we're not trying to hit our physical, per se, not trying to hit our physical edu education standards as we do no. that. But how can we, you know, kids need 60 minutes of activity a day and that's a minimum. So how yeah. can we increase some of that activity, some of that movement just in a normal class setting? And it's, what an opportunity. Yeah. Well, it's an opportunity to show some teachers. I know our building that I teach at is phenomenal at this. They, they've already clued into the fact that if, if they give up 
three to four minutes and get the kids up and moving and you know some type of short activity almost every teacher i talk to in my building says oh i get that time back tenfold in concentration levels and um just ability to get things done after that so um, but there might be buildings where teachers aren't sold on that and this could be a, a chance for you uh, as the PE teacher to show them that hey, it's not just PE we're teaching it is but activity is important all day long not just physical education but these kids got to be active you got to get them up and moving yeah so you know in this in this final segment that we talked to Tom with the with the state of physical education he really hits on men shapes role in 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 shaping professional development for us, and also the relationship and the collaboration between the Department of Education and our state physical education organization, MinShape. So, you know, this is this is this is Tom's role as, as president of MinShape. One of the one of the comments that that one of our other board members made when we were when we were talking about this as a MinShape board was, well, you know, if 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 these uh, health professionals are not, you know, doing this and they're just re reproducing whatever, what are they doing the rest of the day? <laughs> right. so, I don't know. Yeah. And, and if they're online with kindergarten classes the whole rest of the time, fantastic. You know what I mean? I, I'm not yeah. going to knock them for that. You know, if you take the time out, put, put up a, a simple curriculum, don't reinvent the wheel and then right. invest in the relationship. That's, if that's your philosophy, that's as valid as anything, but they're sitting there doing nothing. Like you said, that's when right. we could really, really get Well, and, and that's where, as a, as a st state association at MinShape, we, we really stepped up big this summer, and we, or at, not this summer, but at the beginning of, of this e-learning situation, we collaborated with uh, the Minnesota Department of Education through uh, our rep on our board is Mary Thilson-Milder and yep. our current president, Lisa Smith, and we through her leadership and through the collaboration with Mary, we came up with the um, principal resources uh, for all, all of our teachers in the state of Minnesota. Yeah. And we were, we were specifically trying to target those rural areas that may not have uh, internet access. So they were principal resources from a lot of them from open. Yep. Um, a lot of them were, or, or a lot of the resources were shape America's health moves minds. Uh, social emotional calendars for the month. Um, so as a state organization, we, we really st stepped up uh, tremendously for our teachers here in the state of Minnesota. And we, we even got a shout out from Shape America because they realized that as, uh, not, not, I don't think any other state in the nation had collaborated with their, their state yeah. education association to come up with these health and PE lessons to help their health and PE teachers throughout the state of Minnesota. Yeah. Do you want to say even a little bit more about that relationship? I mean, that, that's where it showed recently, but it feels like you've been working together for longer than just stepping up recently. Is the, oh, my yeah. perception correct there? Yeah, definitely, Stacey. We have, um, first of all, uh, uh, Mary is a tremendous board member and she's a tremendous uh, asset to have and resource to have for our board. But we have with the creation of the news um, and she was very instrumental in, in helping us uh, establish the new physical education standards for the state of Minnesota. Yep. So as you guys, I think have attended the uh, standards um, workshops that she puts yep. out that we uh, kind of put out in collaboration with her. 
um, those have been uh, tremendously received. They've been well attended um, and they've helped uh, educate our, our health and PE teachers throughout the state of Minnesota as far as, uh, you know, the standards, you know, best practices, what Shape America is, is, is um, telling us that is best practice and, you know, uh, assessment, you know, what's best practice for assessment, uh, things like that. Yeah, we've been working pretty closely with MDE on this for several years now. Yeah, I, I felt that when I went to the meeting is those, those meetings you just talked about. You felt like this was a, a collaborative effort bringing both ends, both bringing in your strengths. And it, it was, it's a nice to feel that, okay, people aren't having their guard up. It's no, right. hey, everybody's, everybody's working for the best for the kids here. Right. And kudos to MDE for their openness and all yeah. their, their willingness to collaborate with us to promote our profession yeah. to, you know, uh, allow for and establish resources for all the PE teachers throughout the state of Minnesota, because if you don't sign up for those sessions early, you're, you're not getting yeah. in. Yeah, that's what we found out for sure. And, and it's yeah. a, and it's a testament to the dynamic speaker that Mary is when in, in her knowledge and her passion for promoting health and PE in the state of Minnesota. Yep. No, we could tell she was a very good asset for, for that, not only just for that uh, standards task, but just for an overall, an, an overall advocate for PE in general, for sure. She took, she made, she made a, she made a standards, standards discussion, enthusiastic and engaging. And right. That, and that's that a hard skill. thing to do. <laughs> and, 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 and what, those were, those were whole, you know, whole day workshops and uh, you weren't, you weren't watching the clock. No. No. Yeah, and, and I have the utmost respect for her and her passion for um, our health and PE profession. She's just, she's top notch. And like I said, we're very lucky to have her as part of our board. Yeah. And I think MDE is lucky to have her in that position because I, and we're lucky to have her there because I think she speaks for a big voice for PE as part of MDE, where it, PE could get easily get lost in the shuffle of uh, the for those that don't know, MDE is the Minnesota Department of Education, um, the overall seeing board for, for Minnesota education. So right. yeah, I think, I think it's, it's good to have a strong advocate in there. For yes, definitely. And she has a good grasp of, you know, uh, K through 12 PE, um, you know, and, yeah. and she has a good grasp of the kind of the, the things that each, that are unique to each grade level. Yes. In, each, in each kind of ability uh, area. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it sounds like we need to get Mary on the podcast. This kind of became the, the, Mary, po yeah. the Mary podcast here. <laughs> she would be an excellent resource. And she would make it interesting. Yes, she would. Absolutely. Yeah, she would. So before we wrap this up, though, um, is there anything else, any other opportunities that MinShape has to offer for professional development? You know, maybe looking, looking forward to the, to the fall conference. We are very excited that our date is November 2nd, November 3rd of 2020 here, and that we are expecting to, to have our attendance be back to what it was when we were, were previously at that date. Um, and also, we would um, 
we would love to have everybody attend and um, get that professional development. We boast one of, one of the, the best state conferences in the nation as far as attendance goes, as far as number of sessions offered in every uh, uh, genre or, or subject area, you know, dance, health and PE, uh, elementary FIAD, secondary FIAD, standards. Um, there's, Mary does standard uh, sessions there too. So there's just a wealth of, of professional development that you can attain by attending our conference. And, and uh, Nancy Christensen, our executive director, does a fantastic job of putting on our conference uh, and making it special uh, to anybody who attends. And so we're, we're very proud of the conference that we put on. So we're, we're hoping that we'll, it'll still be able to, to be a go. Megan, I sure. tell you, we were, talk, we were interviewing one of your board members, Sean Ryther. Yes. One, one of the benefits that he stated was surrounding yourself with like-minded people in that networking piece. And it is, it is the place if you want to surround yourself with like-minded people, that growth mindset and start coming up with some of these great ideas, you'll have no problem finding 15 people to stick in one room for, for that. Uh, at that, in that oh, definitely. Definitely. And you know, you can, you can be at a session and you can be sitting next to uh, another PE teacher and you start talking to them and you start exchanging ideas. Yeah. Uh, so it's not like you say, it's the collaboration with like-minded professionals. It's not just going to the sessions. It's the people who you're going to meet there. Yeah. Uh, and my, fa my father always told me it's not what you know, it's who you know, and it's what yeah. you know about who. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're going to get professional development from the sessions that you, that you go to and that you attend. But like you guys say, you're also going to get a, a ton of professional development from the connections you make and the collaboration that you're able to, um, to get through uh, conversing with other like-minded professionals. For sure. No, I like it. Jamie, anything else before we? No, that's all. That's all I got. All right. Well, I certainly well, appreciate it, guys. No, I know, but you, you presented so much here. I, we really appreciate you taking the time, being willing to lead the community, not only just in a, taking an hour in a podcast, but the work you do with, you know, within MinShape and being willing to be a leader there and all the stuff that goes on behind the scenes. It uh, uh, shows your heart towards kids, shows your hearts towards this uh, thing we call PE. So. Thank you. Yeah. If I, if I just add one more thing, guys. I wanted to, to just um, promote the uh, Health Moves Minds just real quickly. Um, Absolutely. And tell you a little bit more about what it is. Um, it is basically Shape America's new uh, student-focused um, service learning initiative. But it also is a fundraiser. So, but the difference is, is it's the only fundraiser that I've ever done that not only raises funds for your physical education, education department but it also changes the culture of your school to a culture of kindness because the words that it the words that it focuses on are kindness mindfulness um, like I said it gives the it gives your students strategies on how to to deal with those socio-emotional issues uh, one is a mindful minute so I started with my young students you know we started like at 20 seconds and then we went we we, we incre increased like 10 seconds until we got to a minute yeah, but it especially during these unsettled times, um, and I've reminded my students of this yeah. during our distance learning that you guys have this yeah. in your toolbox now. You have a mindful minute to use now, so mm -hmm. don't forget it. 
So I just want to uh, promote that to our, our, our health and PE teachers throughout the state. Uh, it's still in its infancy. Like, like I said, last year was the first pilot program, and this, this past school year was the first year that it rolled out. So we're looking to, to get many more schools signed up in the state of Minnesota. Um, you get, the, the nice thing about it is it has a flexible fundraising format where you can either choose to have 50% of the funds that you raise go directly back to your fire department, or you can choose to have 25% go back to your fire department and 25% go to the charity of your choice. So that allows you to personalize your fundraising to whatever school, uh, you know, or whatever community thing you may have at your school or connection that you can make at your school. Like for instance, what I did, I have a student, a fourth grader uh, who had um, muscular dystrophy. So what I did is we, we decided to choose uh, the Muscular Dystrophy Association as our charity of choice. Yep. And we were able to honor um, her, her name was Clara, we were able to honor, honor her and fundraise in her honor. And it was a great way to, to teach our students um, the art of charitable giving and give back to the organization that gave so much to Clara and her courageous battle. Nice, nice. So if you sign up before June 30th, Shape America will also give you an extra 5% uh, of your fundraising dollars to you for your FIAD department. Cool. Mm -hmm. And those fantastic. are in the form of go for gift cards, yeah. gift certificates. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, Tom, thank I can't you. thank you enough. Can't thank you for your uh, for what you do for Menshape as the president. I think you know one of the attributes you bring as a leader is that leadership by example. And it sounds like you've got that student-centered program you know, a great curriculum and a great, and it's just, it's, it's awesome to have you as, as, as an advocate for us. Well, you're very welcome. I, I love what I do. And um, like Stacy said, I, I love being around um, energetic, like-minded professionals uh, on the board. And um, so it's, it's a passion. I do it because I like it. I love it. Um, and I, I also conversely, I appreciate what you guys are doing. Like I said, for the HPE community and what you're offering in these podcasts and, and all the resources that you're offering um, through what you guys are doing. I think it's awesome. Great oh, job. Thank you so much. Okay, thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. All you right. bet. You know, Jamie, I just want to reiterate how blessed I think we are in Minnesota with that collaboration between MinShape and the Minnesota Department of Education, working, you know, as a PE teacher with both groups. Um, some online, some in different sessions I've had to do. It just doesn't feel like there's egos in the way. It feels like they're just working hard together to make it the best they can. And I think we're the beneficiaries of that. And I hope that happens in other states and other countries. Um, I'm not sure how that goes in other places. I haven't, I haven't really researched it all, but I, I really think we're blessed in, in that situation. You know, I, and I couldn't agree more. And it's, it, you know, it's, it starts with good leadership, whether it's, uh, our, our Tom Roberts, our president of Menshape, or um, our, our connection with the Department of Education, Mary, Mary Tyson Meidler. And I just, I just think that, that, that work, that professionalism between the two, it, it, it benefits everybody as a whole. Yeah. Know, I'm, I'm excited because we have a verbal commitment from Mary to do an interview here in August um, just to get the, the Department of Education perspective on, on physical education. So yeah, to, have, to have her working with the Department of Education, as a member of the Department of Education, so closely with Minshape, I mean, it's, it's just great. Yeah. 
And then they got the conference coming up that he tagged on or he tapped into and talked a little bit about. And I know you're really big on conferences. You, you want to give a little plug for going to these? I mean, obviously not everybody's going to go to Minshape, but conferences like that, Shape America and that type of thing. Give, give a little plug because you, you really are sold on this. It, it's conferences and workshops. It's just, you know, it kind of goes to what Tom said earlier in the podcast about getting five, 15 five teachers in a room and they'll figure it out. Well, when you go to these conferences and workshops, I mean, there, there's, you know, thousands of physical educators there, but it's, it's kind of like, what, well, what Sean Ryder had said, surrounding yourself with like-minded people. And it's those yeah. connections you make and the relationships. So, you know, just goes back to our relationship with students. Well, it's relationships as professionals and the ideas that you throw around, you know, and, and it's not just at the conference, but it's that, that connection that you make and, you know, weeks or months down the road, you know, an email back to somebody that you met at the conference and pretty soon you're sharing ideas and it's just, it's just, it's, it's inspiring and motivating to be around, you know, great physical educators. Yeah. And, he, and you can tell just Tom's just a, a really good leader. Just by this interview, you can hear the, the wisdom and the way he approaches things. And um, kind of to wrap this up, though, um, I'm, I'm thinking back to one of his statements that was maybe my favorite statement he made in the whole interview is when he talked about SPE educators, we need to be uh, putting together purposeful meaningful standards-based lessons and that is thinking pe connect with us on facebook and twitter at thinking pe find us on all your favorite podcast providers by searching thinking pe for more resources and videos go to www.thinkingpe.com thanks for listening